Hey guys, how you doing today? Can I get you started with something to drink? Is your aging loved one home alone, forgetting to take medicine or pay bills? The Caregiver Cafe with Roz Jones has a menu of resources to serve your caregiver needs. As a caregiver, Roz understands your daily challenges. This podcast focuses on the unique and dynamic issues of caregiving. Once again, I'm Roz Jones. Welcome back to the Caregiver Cafe. We are in part two with uh, Dr. Herbert, my favorite chaplain in the whole United States of these Americas, and I just knocked the mic over. Technical difficulty, sorry, darling, but it will go on. And he is going to uh, to continue our part two series in Caregivers and Faith Crisis Moments, Where is God in all of this? And we're going to talk about three questions today. Um, We love God, why God, and uh, who, who, who goes to, I forgot the third question, Herbert, um, <laughs> who's going to help me, God? Who's going to help me, God? Yes. <laughs> who's going to help me, God? Okay. So we're getting ready to address those three questions. So, Herbert, go ahead and reintroduce yourself again in case they came in on part two and didn't get part one. Well, I just want to express um, greetings and salutations to those that are listening to the Caregiver Cafe with Dr. Roz. I'm honored to be here with the Chief Mother Evangelist Apostolic <laughs> Caregiver. On this side of Jordan, <laughs> the SOS. I got an SOS coming out here. Okay. Um, but nevertheless, I am Reverend Herbert Brisbane, a university chaplain here at Dillard University, but also the founder of Handle Yours Coaching, which is a coaching for those persons that are caregivers. That uh, I challenge people not to embrace guilt, but to embrace conviction that it's okay to be convicted to ca- take care of yourself without um, feeling guilty. Um, and so I'm just excited to be here with you as we continue our second portion of this sojourn around um, faith crisis and caretaking. And so I'm here at your will. Thank you so much. We're going to dive right in. The three questions that we're going to address here is, you know, I love God. And then the next question is going to be, why God? Why me? Why God? And then the next question is, Lord, who in the world is going to help? Lord, help me. Help. Help, Lord. Sometimes it's not even the whole question. It's just two words. Help, Lord. So, Herbert, I'm going to let you go ahead and run with it. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, well, you know, uh, you know. Um, again, as a caretaker, we began with that whole notion of being oriented with understanding of, oh, I love God. And, and God, you know, I'm just grateful for what you're doing, this, that, and the other. But the work becomes very tiresome because when the rubber meets the road we don't think about what all it entails in order to be a caretaker what it means to expel oneself in order to assist someone who's not able we don't think about the burden that it places on the physical the mental and even the physical but most importantly the spiritual aspect of it all because okay initially you come in this thing god i love you i'm on fire i got the zeal for the mountain to be moved but when that mountain is not moved the way that i anticipate it it then in turn uh, wanes on us it causes us then in turn to retreat because the miracles that you once saw are not being manifested the way you initially thought that they would And so it impacts your orientation. And then you begin to be defragmented because, again, in the midst of you wrestling um, with this now, oh, that love, where is it? And so you get to a place, okay, God, where, you know, who's going to help me? Then when you begin to assess that individuals are not helping you the way that you anticipated the help should come, what do you do? God, why? You know, so you're at that place where you're questioning and asking God, where am I? Because I'm now um, defragmented and it's like my entire world has been shifted into another dimension. There's no longer to take a red pill or a blue pill mm. because we're in a matrix. 
unknown mm-hmm. um, to you and to those persons because um, that supposedly are there to be of support because they don't understand the depth of the conviction of what it means to be a living caregiver. And so you get to that place where you begin to question God, why and where are you, God? How am I going to get out of this? And the thing is that I need for you to understand in your sojourn that you are not alone because even Jesus on the cross began to have a why question. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? me. Mm -hmm. And for some of us in our own journeys, we don't want to acknowledge that, that you feel as if you had been forsaken. You feel as if you are here on an island unto yourself. You feel as if you are just in a bubble with no help, no one around you. But that's part of the process. I hate saying that because there's some people that would never be able to comprehend. I don't care how much they say, oh, I understand. No, baby, you don't understand what it's like for me to have to get up at three o'clock in the morning and I don't have any help. And I'm wondering how in the world am I going to make this in my faith? And I'm still dealing with my own personal issues. So these are some things that we really wrestle with as we are um, being caretakers. And we don't want to truly say that this is an issue, but it really is. Also, too, as I was thinking, you know, uh, one of my current uh, 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 clients, her sister asked me, Roz, what does love have to do with this? I said, you sound like Tina Turner. She said, because at some point, this is um, this is beyond love. This is beyond mm-hmm. my, you know, what I what I signed up for, as, as, as we all have talked about. And so, you know, again, where is the God in this? Where is the God love? Where it's, it's a fine line, Herbert. It's a fine line. It really is. Um, the thing that you have to understand and, and something my grandparents said at their 60th birthday um, anniversary right. of their wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, my grandma made a comment. She said, for 30 years, I loved him, but it was for 30 years I was in love with him. And um, and she began to then in turn share with us. And she said, you know, when I loved him, I just did whatever. It was like, you know, it was we were growing together. Life was happening. But it wasn't until these last 30 years that I fell in love with him. Mm. And so it came with a whole different level of responsibility, a different level of engagement. And again, and one of the things she would always say, you need to be clear about your relationship with the one that you with. Right. And my grandfather would always then in turn chime in and say, well, this is my hand and I ain't handpicked, but I I know my hand weighs. That would be the joke running in the family. But um um, but one of the things that you got to understand that they would then also talk about that love doesn't pay no bills because mm. at the end of the night, once you finish, it ain't paying no bills. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to pass out. <laughs> oh, father. Well, it depends you know, on what depends on what business you're in, Dr. Herbert. <laughs> this is true, but you know, at that time, that wasn't their business. They did the business. But it wasn't the business. <laughs> I'm just saying. But, you know, again, just thinking about love, but you have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were talking about when she said she was in love with him. I had to make a decision to to um, be his partner mm-hmm. and he'd be mine. And so you have to make a decision when it comes back to love. And again, you know, um, to what degree are you in love and willing to be committed to that love? And that love may means, and one of the things that they always say, love hard because there are some decisions that you have to make that require hard love. And, and be clear about what that means for your relationship with the one that you're with. 
because they would always stop us when we say we want a relationship like y'all. No, you don't. You don't know the cost behind our relationship. Get the relationship that's needed for you and the partner that you're, you're with. with. Exactly. I want to I want to I want to go back to those 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 three questions. Like you said, when when we first start off in caregiving, we're gung ho. I love the Lord. Then, you know, as time goes on, because, you know, the first three to six months, a year, mm-hmm. you know, it's all good. But then when that caregiving turns into five years, mm-hmm. a decade, mm-hmm. 15 years, because, you know, science and technology, people are living longer to where before mm-hmm. when you used to have all times dementia, they would put you in a, either in a sane asylum or nursing home. and You wouldn't live that long. Mm-hmm. But now it's a whole different animal. So it goes to love God to why God. Yeah. Real, you know. And so at that point, some people stop going to church. Can you talk about that? Yeah, because that is a real thing that we have to be honest with ourselves. Because in those faith moments, those faith crisis moments, you're still wrestling and, and and you don't want to be honest with yourself, but you're angry oh, with God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pissed off. Roz, I don't want you to know that I'm pissed to the high. A pissedivity. Livid. Yes. Yes. Livid because this is not what I signed up for. This is not what our life should have been. So, God, where are you? Where's my help? You said my help comes from the Lord. I look to the hills and I don't see my help. Where is it? And so I'm mad because the church folk are not doing what they claim to do. Because, you know, if I need help, I've been there doing X, Y, and Z and nobody's coming in. That part. Some of it, we have to take ownership that we didn't choose to invite somebody to help us. That's one part. (laughs) And then number two, you got to remember, nobody is obligated to help you. Oh, say that again. No one is obligated to help you. And so, you know, and again, having conversations, one of the things I'm always getting on my mother about because she gets to lamenting about how she does this and does that. I said, Ma, one of the things I need for you to understand, whatever you do, do it out of the goodness of your heart and expect no return. Because when you operate with a return expectation, that's when you get defeated. And that's where you get very downcasted because you are not getting what you think you should receive. Mm. And that's what a lot of us are um, have to come to some conclusion when it comes back to caregiving. It's not going to come the way you expect it. My God. Mm. It's not going to come the way you expect it. And even I think about myself being a caregiver for almost three years. I took care of my my cousin. And um, this was the individual that... Um, <laughs> He used to tell me to kiss his ass, and now I had to wipe his ass. Mm. You know, again, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but the, those are family dynamics right. that you have to really be mindful of. And, um, but we joke about this now because, and I literally, even on his sick bag, and I had to ask him, why did you have so much animosity? What did I do to wrong you? And these are things that you have to be at a place where you can then in turn engage. Mm-hmm. And we sit and we laugh now because the running joke is how you used to tell me to kiss your ass. Now you got me taking a picture of your ass, you know, because he had bed sores and things of this nature that we had to make sure we monitor. And let me give you a little, you know, background as to why that was being said. And it's like, but that time helped us to kind of bring healing again. Those individuals mm. have to understand that even in sickness, all things work together for the good of them that are loved and called according to his purpose. So in the midst of your um, disorientation of questioning why, 
God is doing something inside of you and also inside of the person that you're taking care of. Wow. So, so there's, we so there's transformations on both sides. It is. Be it good, bad, or indifferent. There is transformation. I, I want people to understand that a lot of times, even though we're serving in the church, and I love the Lord, and he heard my cry, and he pitied, and everything else, it doesn't mean that the people from the church are going to help you. Listen to what Herbert says. Mm-hmm. So your care team may not include people from the church. And it may not include people from your family, family. your immediate bloodline. And you, God will send help. When I talked about God, where's your help? It was the strangers that began to take note that I was attentive to my cousin. Wow. It was the strangers because not only that, but let me just break it down to you because he was in an assistant. Well, he was in a a, a, a basic, some type of uh, living facility. I forgot mm-hmm. the proper name mm-hmm. of it. Um, but not only that, it was a type of living facility that was for patients that were on trachs, that was mm-hmm. on feeding tubes, that was on dialysis, and that were confined to the bed. And I was, sometimes I was the only one, his roommate, when it comes, his roommate even benefited from me coming in and making sure that he was okay. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Right. Because people don't realize when you got one person that's in a room that's being taken care of, you begin to develop relationships mm-hmm. with the other person mm-hmm. if they allow um, that to take place. And so we built a relationship. You need something? Call me. I got you. We'll make sure it happens. And so the nurses even took a different attitude as to how they engage with that room because guess what? Somebody was coming in there at least two times a day and they didn't know my schedule because my schedule fluctuated because at that time I was working at Howard University as mm. one of the chaplains, associate chaplains. And so whenever I needed to go through, I went through. Right. Pop-up visits are a wonderful thing. Pop-up. They are. Because yes. you know what? Because when, when, when you're not on routine, that means that they got to yes. stay on their toes. Exactly. They got to stay on their toes. And I tell people all the time, just because somebody's in the nursing home doesn't mean that your caregiving stops. Your duties mm-hmm. increase. Responsibilities mm-hmm. and duties increase because they are in a facility. Yeah. And it, it's and you are doing double vigilance. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so when it comes back to that whole piece around you wrestling with God, remember I said you're angry, you're mad because your entire world has now been turned upside down. But what we don't talk about that it's okay for you to be angry. It's mm. okay for you to be mad because the Bible says be angry but sin not. The question is, had I had um had I sinned in the midst of working with my cousin, would I have received the the rewards later? You, you see what I'm saying? So I had to be mindful. Now, don't get me wrong. I got weary and frustrated. Hmm. And sometimes when I had to say, I can't do it today. Auntie, y'all got, I'll get there when I get there. And I had to be honest with myself because, again, your humanness is real. And I had to come to that realization. I want, I want and I had to let them know. Mm-hmm. I want, yeah. I want people to understand you can have a title of a bishop, pastor, whatever. We're, we're talking about a faith walk. You know, we mm-hmm. talked about earlier just caregivers, you know, but now I want to put just a church in there real quick before we end. You could have the title of apostle, bishop, mm-hmm. overseer, elder, prophet, prophetess, minister, deacon, deaconess. I'm going, you know, I'm trying to cover all the, <laughs> the title. all the churches and all the reformations or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that title don't mean blip. It doesn't. When it comes to caregiving. 
It don't mean a doggone thing. And just because they have that title don't mean that they got to serve. Mm-hmm. I'm just putting it out there, Herbert. I'm just saying. So, no, that's real. You know, that's real. So, so, you know what? You know, you got this title, but you can't you still can't serve. You, you can't come out and help me. You know, but it doesn't work like that. I see it all the times where churches mm-hmm. forget about the elderly. And it's sad. It's yeah. sad. It's sad. Did you want to address that? Go is, ahead. This wasn't even an elderly young man. This was he was um, he's five years older than me. So he was just turning 45. And I took care of him for three years. 45. That's relatively young. It is. And so, and even as a pastor and watching a lot of my seniors or those persons that are part of the sick and shut in and um, being one that is a caretaker, you come with a level of sensitivity that you're aware when someone is really being taken care of. Mm. You can tell when you walk into the environment that somebody that loves them is really at their beck and call. You can, there's a different mm-hmm. aura, number one. There's a different sparkle in their eye, number two. There's a different level of engagement, number three. And when we talk about um, even for, uh, it doesn't matter your title. It doesn't matter your position. It doesn't matter who you are. Death doesn't discriminate, just like caretaking doesn't discriminate. It's just about being a servant. And what does that mean? And being one that is clear, because even if Jesus, after healing, he would seal away, make sure he took care of himself. And that's why I tell you, even as a a, a caregiver's coach, go ahead and steal away, do what you need to do. And there will be persons in place. There are systems in place that can provide respite for you and for the individual, if nothing but for two or three hours. And again, it's about creating those systems um, that can be of support to you and not of harm. And we have to be open to receive it. And it's interesting because my home church here in New Orleans and I preached there um, one Sunday morning and don't waste your pain was the title of the sermon. Mm. And I talked about how um, being a caregiver and I didn't realize how going through that storm really helped me um, to get to a place where I found my voice in a whole new way. But again, you have to lower your pride to say that you need some help. Because, again, I was on the verge about to lose my place where I lived. I lost my car. I didn't have the finances or none of that. But yet I'm busy trying to help everybody else. But I allowed my pride to get in the way where I could have had help. Wow. And on that, we're going to close the show. (laughs) 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 I'm going to let Dr. Herbert once again tell you where he's from, tell you about his business, because... Y'all need him, honey. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Apostle <laughs> Dr. Bishop, overseer. <laughs> Bless you, Dr. Roz. Uh, I am Reverend Herbert Brisbane, university chaplain here at Dillard University, but also the founder of Handle Yours Coaching. And I can be found on all social outlets. Well, on a, on Instagram at HAB3 underscore Brisbane um, at um, Lawless Chaplain on Twitter. But also HAB3.life um, is my webpage, and you can then in turn reach out to me there. And um, and just if you need some help, I'm here. Um, and whatever social outlet, just go ahead and just shoot me a line. And um, handle yours, coaching22 at gmail.com. And um, we will be accessible. So I'm, I'm your handle yours coach. 
And I yield to Dr. Ross. Thank you so much, Dr. Herbert. Once again, we want to thank you so much for coming to the Caregiver Cafe. As I always say, I hope that you have dined sufficiently on this information. I hope that you take it home. Uh, if there's any leftovers, please share this out to someone so that they can get it. We want to thank you again uh, for uh, listening to the Caregiver Cafe. And we look forward to uh, you coming back and listening. And don't forget to download and share this information with someone. I'm Ross Jones. We'll see you next time at the Caregiver Cafe. Until your next visit to the Caregiver Cafe, connect with Roz on YouTube, LinkedIn, and her blog at thecaregivercafe.net. Caregiver Cafe podcast specializes in serving those who provide care and support to a sick or aging loved one. I'm the voice guy, but I'm one of you. So when Roz has on experts or frontline workers, I'm listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show. In the meantime, don't forget to connect with Roz on YouTube, LinkedIn, or at the blog at thecaregivercafe.net.